0: I'm like, one thing that I'm like, okay, well, do I, you can make an entire list of like 30 awesome moments.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you want to choose? Yeah. Exactly. The ladder match with uh, Jeff Hardy and Undertaker.
0: Oh, that's a good match. I did so not that.
1: That was so good. Yeah. Wasn't there an RVD match or something? I don't know.
0: Tons There's of RVD matches. Hey, there was a moment where uh, RVD was having a ladder match against Eddie Guerrero and a fan jumped in the ring and pushed Eddie off the ladder. Do you guys remember that? And then Eddie fucking, he hit the fan?
1: Oh, yeah. Fan pushed the ladder. I remember that. Pushed the ladder and Eddie
0: fell. Yeah. That could have been really bad.
1: Hell yeah. I remember that.
0: All right. So what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina alongside comedian Pratik Sarvastava.
2: Going on, everybody. Happy Raw 30. Uh, hope you all are getting your raw memories in and enjoying uh what we all like to do on a Monday night.
0: Hell yeah! And also joined by, um, for the band leveled Xavier Vacuna.
1: Yeah, yeah, rock and roll. Hello, yeah, world, rocking and rollers. Oh, we got your
0: ODB oh. up in this, so we can say we, that we like it raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, baby, I like it.
0: Wow. Hell yeah. Hey, so Raw is 30 years old. Before we get, you know, into the moments and stuff we we, we want to talk about, I just wanted to share, like, I guess an honorable mention, I guess. Uh, You know, I'm older than you guys, and I remember being a kid and uh, every Monday night watching Primetime Wrestling, you know, Mm -hmm. with Vince McMahon and Bobby Heaton and and Grilla Moncey, this whole panel, and they would just go to matches that they filmed, you know, throughout the week, right? They would just like, oh, let's go to this match, and they would just go to a match. It was mostly job matches but I remember one particular day in 1993 uh, they said next week there will be no primetime wrestling and when we come back in two weeks it's going to be the first ever Monday Night Raw. Good night! And they, they signed off and I was like I don't know, 10, 11 years old I looked at my mom and I was like did they say Monday Night Raw? And then she was like maybe they said Brawl. I went, oh, that makes a lot more sense. You know, like, <laughs> The first two weeks I thought it was going to be called Monday Night Brawl. Brawl instead of Raw. Yeah, uh, That didn't make that's... much sense to me as a kid You know, uncooked uh, Uncooked, uncut, uncensored
1: <laughs> Monday Night Raw
2: I just remember that being a 90s trope Like Raw, uncensored Unrated, 10 extra minutes Yeah
1: Oh yeah, they
0: did that The little, the little overrun and everything mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just so like You'd tune in, uh, you know, if Nitro ended You could just switch over to Raw real quick
2: Real quick. They yeah. probably
0: started start doing that until uh, Nitro, but maybe they did I don't know
2: was Raw, when did Raw, because Raw initially was taped, like taped, but it was never. Yeah, yeah, ninety yeah. three.
0: Raw started, and they would tape two weeks at a time, I think. And yep. so they would have a live Raw that day, but they would also tape next week's Raw. Gotcha. And then that's when Bischoff started, you know, giving the spoilers and everything. Bischoff's the one who really started weekly live wrestling on, t- on television. On television,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, for, uh, before Raw
0: Television was really just like even even prime wrestling, right? Before Raw Television was just a, uh, a something to get you to go to the live shows,
2: right? Like, right, world. yeah. It was the commercials for the, yeah. for the live events, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And also yeah. back then, you could tape events. And, you know, aside from Bischoff spoiling it, like, you know, no one had like cell phone cameras or updates. Now fucking Rampage is spoiled within like 10 minutes of the taping.
0: No, it's true. Absolutely true. In fact, um, Rampage, or AEW was just here in Fresno recently, like this last Wednesday. And my friend who went, I didn't go to it, my friend who went to Edge him, and he said they taped uh, Dark, they taped Elevation, they taped Dynamite, they taped Rampage and they taped the ROH uh, Jay Briscoe. Tribute. They got a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So he said they were there like at 2 p.m. And they didn't leave till like 10 p.m. Jesus, That's naughty, uh, dude. Weekly that's wrestling cool. has just gotten crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was a special occasion because of, you know, Briscoe, uh, which by the way, shout out to, you know, the family, her thoughts in prison.
0: Were... Yeah. Let's, let's take a second and talk about Jay Briscoe. I mean, you know, we talked about doing an episode. I don't know if I can fill an episode talking about Jay Briscoe, but I can fill two minutes.
1: You know, that sounds so fucked
0: up, right? No, but I, do I, I say, think it's respectful. I yeah. do want to say, um, you know, we've only been doing this podcast for, you know, 11, 12 episodes. But I do want to retract a statement that I've made. I may have been the one where I was by myself, where you guys weren't here. Uh, but I did kind of go off on Tony Khan a little bit for using the Bristos uh, because they're banned from uh, network television, TNT and stuff. TNT's like, don't use them. So Tony Khan, you know, had the ass boys announce that that dog collar match or whatever. And I thought that was kind of like a weird way to do it. And it's like, if they're so untouchable, then just don't touch them, leave them alone, you know? Uh, but they have contributed a lot to the industry. And the Briscoes are one of the greatest tag teams that never got signed to the big companies. And I just, you know, it's it's a sad tragedy that his life ended this way. It really is.
2: It, it's, it's very unfortunate, you know? And for me, it's like, I didn't, you know, I knew a little bit about them, you know, in the last few years, you know, they they were mentioned on AEW. You know, you, you watch something on Ring of Honor on YouTube. If if anything, I'm just, you know, I, I regret not getting a chance to see them live or really, you know, enjoy them, you know, truly when they were around. But, you know, I think it's I think their legacy is really living on. And you're seeing, you know, uh, tributes to them on all, you know, from, from people from all federations and companies, you know, New Japan, All Japan to the Ten Bell Salute. WWE has made multiple mentions of them. You know, so many of the superstars that are now main eventers in WWE like they were all ring of honor people you know i've been, i've been going back yeah. this week and watching you know the old ring of war ladder war match i think it was a like kevin steen generico versus briscoe so if anything it just seems like yeah like it, it, they may not have gotten that that you know big moment in front of a big company but they're getting those those tributes from all the people you know, who are now on the major players of those companies. So, so the, their legacy really is, you know, they, they've made more of an impact, you know, in these last few weeks, if you think about it. Yeah, they're getting no, You're off, right,
0: off. absolutely. Because like a lot of these guys that are on top, the Briscos had a hand in helping them get there. Get there, yeah.
1: Yeah, well said, gentlemen. And I totally agree. You know, I, I feel like out of respect to everybody involved, we probably shouldn't have made an episode. So I think it's okay to do a few minutes to just pay respects, uh, offer our condolences. And, you know, it's just eerie how we were just, you know, bringing up these matches with FTR. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a wild year and man, just grateful to be able to witness it. So my respects, you know?
0: Yeah. And the latest update I heard. So, so his daughters were also in the car. They're going to cheer practice or, you know, that's from what I read and the drunk driver hit them head on collision. Uh, Jay Briscoe died. The daughters were both really injured. I guess they had really bad back injuries. Right. The older daughter uh, was paralyzed, and she had. they both had successful back surgery. But apparently the older daughter, uh, after the surgery, she got the feeling back above her knees in her thigh area. And then a day or so later, she got feeling back below her knees as well. So she's making a recovery. Hopefully she'll be walking soon too. Wow.
1: Yeah, hopefully they make a speedy recovery hopefully everybody makes a speedy recovery and it
0: sucks because like you know not just are they in the situation where uh they're you know hurt they have these injuries their kids they just lost their dad and they had to watch that happen and everything so not just physically you know mentally um i hope that they're okay as well right
2: and i believe there's a gofundme link for the for the family as well a lot of wrestlers and people have donated so you know
1: yeah and if you want to donate go contribute at yeah, yeah, least you can jay find briscoe. it everyone shout
0: out to jay briscoe hey yes, sir. on a side note my friend that did go to the uh aew show he said that there was a dark match with the dudley boys and they were presented as the dudley boys and they're wearing tie-dye and they came out to like bomb show by power man 5000 but it was no crazy. way it was completely for the house they didn't record no anything. way because they can't right because wwe owns a lot of stuff and so Maybe. um yeah they came out as the dully boys apparently Devon, because i was just reading the day before that that Devon had uh, a back surgery and he could never wrestle again so Devon didn't do much he just he just held the legs for like what's up headbutt that they do and uh but yeah they had a match it was the dully boys uh i forget who they said they who my friends said they fought but okay yeah, I think that, that there it? was
2: some there was some Twitter post like Testify will be there soon or something, you know. So that's good for them. Uh I know Ray uh, Ray's kind of doing like the heel uh bully ray right now in, in Impact. So it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, because if they get reunited, he's naturally going to be a face. He's gonna be over again. And he's if he's oh, doing yeah. he's doing this hardcore heel thing, like you know, he's he's turned his back on Tommy Dreamer and all this stuff. So it'll be interesting to see storyline wise how they manipulate from Full on heel to okay now you're getting face cheers again so it'll be
0: yeah I I don't don't think they would do that on television but if they do I mean they're separate companies they can kind of
2: keep I suppose that's true but but isn't that weird though you're you're a heel on television but then you're a face (laughs) on 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 the indies you know and they'd have to be called like what dream team three D
0: they would be if they they, they were gonna do anything with it Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely they can't do Dudley Boys.
2: And I I'll, correct me if I'm wrong. There's like, I mean, I know I don't want to. I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole completely, but like, there was a there was a ECW arena, original ECW arena, went that Bubba Ray was at, and and I guess Devon was going to show up, and there was a whole thing where Triple H told him, "No, you can't go, or you'll get fired." And lo and behold, he still got released, and he didn't do that event. So. You know, it, it's it's very interesting how that worked, that he couldn't show up just to, like, be there in the corner of a guy Whoa. that he worked with. So it's it's very – it seems like very strange circumstances, you know, but it yeah, seems it like Devon is being very cordial. Story. But he seems very cordial about his release. He's being like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everybody, like, blah, blah, blah. So it's like maybe he doesn't want to go into it. Maybe he doesn't want to ruffle feathers. Maybe he knows he'll come back. You know, it, it remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, I think if the fans, you know, will get a nice little – you know uh enjoyment out of seeing them again i certainly would love to see them again you know um yeah i don't think i've seen them live so yeah it would be nice to you know hear them you know hear that hear that entrance music hear that pop one more time you know
0: yeah well you gotta go to aew and they come to they were just in la so maybe you won't see it
2: yeah (laughs) you're
0: gonna see them (laughs) you have to come down when they come to in march maybe they'll be there yeah
2: maybe maybe in the cow palace (laughs) yeah
0: That'd be fun. They're gonna do uh some shows. They're gonna do dynamite here too.
1: I think Dynamite and Rampage. They'll do
2: a California run. You know, they've been doing a Texas run. I'm
1: sure they're gonna do a California run. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely conquering that whole uh yeah. that whole area, which is good.
0: Hell yeah. So let's get into some uh Monday Night Raw, you guys. It's thirty years, thirty years of Raw since 30 1993. Years. It makes me feel so old, you know. <laughs> like, oh, I remember when Raw was born, you know, 30 years old, 30 years later, here I am going, uh, that was fun.
1: It's wild yeah. to think, look back.
0: So I'm going to get into um, my top moment first, I think. Um, this was early on in the run. This was in 1997. So I don't know if you guys are around for this or not. In 1997, uh, ECW invaded mm. Monday Night Raw. And this, like, you know, as a teenager, this was my first real, you know, I, I read about ECW, the magazines, because I used to get all the PWI magazines, right, all those things and everything. Uh, but my first real time that I saw uh, my favorite wrestler, Rob Van Dam, one of my favorite wrestlers, and I was in love with him ever since that day. Um, they used to have the, the entrance was a big Raw logo Like a giant R.A.W And yeah. uh, Sabu jumped off of that Which was really crazy for Because you know you didn't do that kind of stuff in the WWF And uh, yeah it was just really fun ECW invasion The B.W.O. was in the ring and everything And it was a good time So I really enjoyed uh, ECW uh, Debuting on Monday Night Raw Which led to the Jerry Lawler feud Extremely crappy wrestling <laughs> That was good
1: Oh wow I remember that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you guys do. You guys remember that at all? Like uh, I,
2: ECW invasion. I I, 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 I wasn't watching Raw at that point, but I, re, I, I, have gone back and watched. I think there was like a promo that Jerry Lawler did about ECW, where it's like, "Oh, you're just a bunch of death matchers. I don't remember the exact yeah, word.
0: Yeah, he no, he said uh Bingo Hall. He was this, you guys okay, Bingo, bingo hall. hall. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah it was a good time it was really fun and then jerry lawler showed up in ecw a few times and he was a big heel there of course as you can imagine yeah i recommend going back and watching that ecw invasion but i don't have a date on that but it was
2: 1997 1997 yeah um yeah that was definitely like you know those were those were hot monday night war years you know Everybody just just trying. You I, again, competition. You know, gives us better wrestling product for sure. You know, anyone who wants to doubt that, like you, anytime you can, you ha- you're trying to compete with someone, or you're you know, you're trying to put out a better product. I think I think that leads to better moments. And so, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, a moment that's kind of a byproduct of the Monday Night War. Maybe some people say this is the turning point for where Raw started beating uh Nitro but I'm going to go with uh Mick Foley winning the title uh an event that was allegedly spoiled <laughs> by Eric Bischoff <laughs> but backfire it literally backfired on and there were people who were like you know what we're actually going to turn over and see this even though it's a result we know we still want to see this cuz like again Mick Foley universally beloved uh you know yeah. one of the few wrestlers that's actually liberal you know too if you want to think about it like you know a lot of wrestlers their political opinions, I'd, I'd rather not, you know, have a discussion with them about. But Foley is like hardcore liberal to the point that he'll like tweet out at Kane and Glenn Jacobs and Vince McMahon, like, like he know he knows the position he's in. We're like. Vince isn't going to be like, hey, can you like take that down? I'm like, no, like it's McFoley. Foley. You're going to tell Mick Foley to like, what do you going to do? Fire McFoley Foley from the Hall of Fame? You
0: can't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is it, though. He has good thoughts. It, it, it was us. a
2: feel good moment. You go back and watch it, which I think I think I watched the clip like a couple weeks ago, like again, where it's like you have DX, you have you have face DX helping McFoley Foley up. You have face Austin running down. You have, you have Vince McMahon being like, like doing like a little scowl and Shane is holding him back. Like there's so many mini moments. In that one, you know, experience, you know, and, and Rock playing full on people's champion corporate heel and it, it's working perfectly. And then, it, and then the program people forget, like, yes, Rock Austin at Mania 15, but the program that Mankind and Rock had leading up to that Mania match, like, I think Mick Foley de- deserves his flowers for carrying most of that program. You know, like uh, all the mini matches that came after that there, the, the empty arena halftime match, the, the I quit match, the ladder match, there, there was so many, the double count out match. Like there were, there were so many great moments. And so to me, this really like capped it off and, and really, uh, really took the attitude era to new heights, you know? And it was at the beginning of the year too. It was like in January too, kind of around the raw anniversary because Jan- January season is always the raw anniversary season. So, you know, you're going to get something exciting in January. And, you know, that, that's one of my favorite
1: that's cool you mentioned that. That sparked so many memories for me of, you know, just Mankind, McFoley Foley in general, and, you know, winning the title. I had the book when I was a kid, and I, I distinctly remember, I think there was, like, a picture of him, like, you know, as a champion in there. and he, he really is just, like, a solid soldier, you know, like, comes in, gets the job done, you know, great work, great storytelling, and definitely carried a lot of that, like you said, in those matches, man, pivotal, like the empty arena. And I remember this like distinctly, like, you know, the, the I quit match. Like, yeah, I definitely feel that. So I'll, I'll, I'll segue. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Kurt angle doing the milk truck solely because he's on my palate. I've been listening to, to the angle pot. So I'm just like, you know what? Um, you know, just a hilarious take on the Austin, uh beer truck moment. Yeah. You know, uh, mainly too, like the pivotal time, <clears throat> excuse me there, you know, it's, it's definitely like the invasion era too. So it's kind of like a callback to, you know, Sam's first pick, but it's just that time of wrestling, you know, as it was kind of going into the decline, you know what I mean? But just before it, you know, uh, fresh enough with the Alliance and everything to, you know, kind of distinguish if it's good or bad, but just a funny moment, hilarious. And I, I love Kurt Angle. So it was just hilarious.
2: It's, it's a great bright spot. You know, a lot of people, you know, shit on the invasion. And again, their hands were tied. They had all these Time Warner contracts for the the Right. Yep. 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 So you have to do something with what you have. And to me, that
1: chicken is... Chicken a- salad. Chicken
2: salad. Chicken salad, chicken shit. And a lot of those, like, you know, like your, your Jerichos, your Canes, your Big Shows, they all kind of stepped up during that invasion angle, too. So, you mm-hmm. know, shout out to like, you know, sort of like, you know, oh, or your mid-card player, main event player. I think a lot of people who maybe were mid cards before this. They really stepped up. Rob Van Dam had a great showing during the invasion. Cause he was yes. one of those originals that was there. Booker T I think, you know, really made his
0: name during that. Yeah. time. Kurt Angle. I mean, he was already on the, on the rise, but he really stepped it up too. And yeah. you got to see a different side of Kurt Angle too. Like, you know, everybody looks at him as
2: a technical wrestler, but his charisma, his emotion his his promo game is the character that he played. You know, it's, it's, I, I think it's a testament to the all around, uh, you know, d- development of his character and in such a short time too. you know, people forget like he had his first, you know, he was doing some dark matches in 99, but like really he didn't debut until like Survivor I believe it was Survivor Series 99, you know, that he debuted. And I remember I was just reading something like the other day, like he had a, he had his debut match with Sean Stasiak. Uh, who, ironically enough, was part of the invasion angle later, uh, coming yeah. backwards. Um,
0: <laughs> That's funny, actually.
2: Yeah, uh, Sean Caziac was going as meat at the time. He was a he was a boy toy for like He's some. Hell meat, yeah,
0: for, for pretty mean meat. Sisters, PMS. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and they're having this match. I was reading about this. They were having this match. It might have been on the Angle podcast. I don't know exactly. Maybe we call this. But like, they were having this match in in like maybe like the second match of the night on the, on the Survivor Series pay-per-view 99. That's also the famous, uh, bait and switch of, Oh, we were supposed to get a triple that, but then Austin got taken out. So, you know, fans had a, fans had a weird relationship with that, with that pay-per-view, but, uh, yeah, they're having this, you know, second match of the night. It's not getting a reaction. There are boring chants in the middle of, in the match. So like, I guess the story is that, um, Vince did like, I guess the referees had earpieces so Vince, did like a message to the referee who I believe was Mike Chioda, uh, and said to tell Angle to get on the mic and cut a heel promo. Oh, like end the match? No, no, no! In the middle of the match, cut a heel promo. So like Angle first match. This is the debut match, first match. He's doing this match and he has to all of a sudden cut a heel promo, but in that kind of Olympic cocky character. Yeah. Kind of- He's yeah, developing exactly. his cocky Olympic character at the time too. And it's, and it's, it's perfect. You know, he, he pulls out like, You do not, you do not wool mask. like it's full on. Like it's, 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 it's comedic. It's funny. And it's like, it's that perfect element of chicken shit heel, but a heel can also who can go too technically. So it's, it's the perfect marriage of it. And so, you know, kudos to him for really picking up things like so quickly, you know,
0: I've heard that too, um, about that story. And, uh, Kurt Angle, like going into it with these vignettes and being the Olympic gold medalist and everything, they thought, even himself thought he would be this huge beloved baby face. Mm-hmm. And he just wasn't. That just wasn't enough. Oh. You know? Hell yeah. And then uh touching back on a few other things, uh like the uh the Mick Foley thing, him winning the title and stuff, uh the nineties were such a good time because that's before it got overly scripted and and just, just kind of overly, really um, thought about you know before they just it's it's so filtered now it's like filter on top of filter on top of filter before you even see what's on television and in those days it was a lot more raw you know uncooked uncooked, uncooked <laughs> yeah uncooked. It was raw, raw gritty you know yeah. <laughs> and then the milk bath about the milk bath thing as well uh i i heard at some point that um that so the the hose was uh water with white food coloring because you can't get milk everywhere you know uh, yeah. but then when at the end, when he jumped on top of the truck and he like was drinking the milk like Austin would drink the beers, that yeah. was real milk that was real so yeah. afterwards he went and he and he showered and he changed his clothes, but one thing he didn't think about was the next day, his shoes stunk really bad oh.
1: yeah, 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 my dedication man, yeah, Kudos <laughs> to create, dedication. Man. phenomenal it got <laughs> oh, over, everything got over it got from, over he, he from got got first over. promo to. You know the the technicality backed by the charisma is just the, the total package he the ripped it. Package. he was great
0: he was he's yeah you know he was. All right, there, so- are,
2: there are a couple wrestlers where like they can be heel or face and they just they know how to work that crowd and I, I, I have to say angle's one of them,
0: you know? yeah, absolutely yeah, he really can, yeah, yeah um, so for the next one, I'm going to pick uh, one of my favorite moments. I think we even talked about this during the video game uh episode uh it was the the debut of chris jericho on monday Night. Oh, that was yeah. such i i watched that debut every couple of years that was such a good debut because they they hyped it up they they built it up you know with the the countdown to the millennium and then at some point you realize wait a minute that's that's the middle of the year that's not going to count down to the end of the year like because when it first popped up i thought oh that's cute they're counting down to the new year you know whatever but at some point you realize wait a minute that's like august you know yeah. that's like December. <laughs> what, what is going on here you know um and it got out people knew a lot of people knew i heard it might be jericho you know there's a lot of jericho signs in the crowd and then he mm-hmm. comes out and he cuts and it cuts out during the middle of the rocks promo that mm-hmm. is a debut And my favorite part of the whole thing is when he comes out and he starts talking and he pauses and the fans go, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. And Jericho goes, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That was great. That was fantastic. Hell yeah. Yeah, I listened
2: to a little bit. There's like a talk as Jericho specifically about how the debut came about. And I guess he was using... There was something like he was inspired, you know, Jericho, obviously, as we know, he's in a band, he's in band Fozzie. He's inspired by a lot of musicians, you know, and I guess the countdown clock was a technique that like, it was either a Michael Jackson concert or like some sort of concert where he saw like this countdown clock and that kind of was his idea you know again i'm I'm only quoting the podcast i don't know the full story but like yeah he was inspired by so it's like concert debut rock star debut and it kind of is fitting that he's inspired by all these rock stars and now he is a rock star you know and it's again your your That's debut true. is in raw which by the way it was raw in chicago you know shout out to chicago oh it was I, in
0: chicago i never knew that
2: yeah yeah he, of
1: course you guys had all the sense.
0: best moments i swear
2: yeah, I think Jericho, the, the this guy Kevin Kellum, he was interviewing him in Chicago, and he was like, he was like, "You Chicago's synonymous He was like, "Yeah, I won the title here at All Out, and I debuted on Raw here in Chicago." So he's he's very, wow. very special. And again, like those those crowd, they, the crowd was explosive. And you're right, you know, there were a lot of rumors that I didn't really know. I didn't really know much about dirt sheets back then. I'd I I was familiar with Jericho because I I'd seen him a little bit on WCW, but I was more familiar with him because he would show up on. Nickelodeon, there was a show called Figure It Out, and he would show up as like a, the oh, wow. like sports wrestler entertainer on there. Him and him and a Giant or Big Show at the time, you know, they were both they were the two WCW guys because I think like Turner. Broadcasting owned Nickelodeon, or there was some sort of partnership with them. So, like, WCW wrestlers would show up on Nickelodeon things. Macho Man would show up a lot. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. I did not know so
2: that. I was like, oh, the Nickelodeon Jericho. Yeah, he's got the hair. I, I remember the hair. That was like my big thing with him, is I'm like, yeah, yeah, he had the hair. So, it was great to see that he was, you know, the, the Ayatollah of rock and roll. You know, just so many catchphrases, you know, great mic work from the beginning. I feel like his from the get-go Jericho was always just about like, you know, I got to be this character. I got to bring it on the mic. You know, the matches are great, but it's about, you know, reading the room, reading the crowd and pivoting based on the crowd reaction, you know? And I think, I think all wrestlers out there, you know, you are coming up, you know, definitely go back and watch old Jericho promos. I think that's a masterclass in promos is, is, is old Jericho for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely a master of his craft as well. And what a moment. What a time, pivotal, you know, for everybody. Same thing, you know, dirt sheets. You know, I wasn't reading them. I don't know. I, I was out of that loop, you know, and just what a surprise, you know, captivating, great moment.
0: am I next. Yeah, I think you're next. Yep. All right,
2: I'm gonna go. I think we talked about this a little bit off air, but I'm gonna go with, uh, you know, there's that. I think what really got me into wrestling initially was the, you know, the storylines, the drama that like battle of good versus evil. And so this, this next moment is, uh, uh, you know, our, uh, WWE's former, uh, uh co-CEO, Stephanie McMahon, she was, uh, kidnapped, you know, back, oh. back in the day before she was, you know, the woman on top. She was the quote unquote damsel in distress of WWE. Vince Vince McMahon's the billion dollar princess, you know, sweet, innocent little Stephanie uh getting kidnapped by the the Ministry of Darkness uh you know Undertaker's uh latest uh, uh gimmick in the uh in the WWF which by the way like isn't it wild that that's not even like one of his earlier gimmicks he still had multiple gimmicks and all before that you know yeah. there was like the oh god I still remember like Funeral Parlor. I still remember like Paul like it was almost like more cartoony at one point but like when he was the Ministry of Darkness, like, lo, he, he was fucking scary. He was like a cult leader or some shit. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, he really. I thought did he well. legit
2: believed in like that black magic shit. It was,
1: it was wild, you know. Yeah. I did too. I believed it.
2: Like, like, shout out to you know, as as much as everybody likes to you know, shit on Vince Russo and all, like, he really made sure everybody on the card had a strong character or like a character that was interconnected. And yeah, and yeah. and you know, you have to give Russo some of that credit for. You have this cartoony, you know, Western Undertaker. How do you bring him into the attitude era and still keep him like something that, you know, like the teenagers and all will find cool and scary? Make him a fucking psycho cult leader. Like, make him Satan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, like, li- li- li-
2: like doing embalming practices, you know, all the, all the holding up on the crosses or whatever. So, you know, you, I believe the Austin crucifix had happened earlier. Or maybe that was after. I don't remember. But, Like, in this particular moment, it's, it's Stephanie who is, who is kidnapped, which I believe that happened. I think the kidnapping started uh, the night before backlash. I think the backlash program back when pay per views ended on a cliffhanger, you yeah. know. Like, <laughs> whereas now, yeah. end you know, they literally ended the whole thing on like where to Stephanie, like in the in the limo or whatever. Like man, uh,
0: that was an iconic moment. When she gets paid, yeah, where to Stephanie? God. She's like,
2: Damn. Yeah! And and you know what? Shout out to Stephanie. Imagine being like
0: fifteen years old and
2: like, hey, you're gonna have to like play off this fucking performance. She did a great job with it. You know, she pulled it off well. Uh and so then you get to the raw the next day. Uh Vince is trying to, you know, look for help. He's asking Big Show. He's asking Ken Shamrock. Uh back when Ken Shamrock, you know, when he wasn't just the UFC Hall of Famer, he was just like a guy trying to Find his sister and fucking like be a hero.
0: (laughs) I forgot about uh, Shamrock's sister because I guess Ryan Shamrock had been
2: kidnapped by the Undertaker too in the in the the ministry that would hypnotize everybody. Ooh, you know. Uh, But yeah, like uh, basically Vince McMahon goes to Stone Cold and's like, please, please, you're the only one that can help me. He's like, you really want my help? Well, fuck. And then he gives him gives the boss the old finger or whatever. But then (laughs) lo and behold. At the end of the night, you don't think Stone Cold's going to show up. And even though you know Stone Cold's going to show up, you still go along for the ride, and the crowd goes along for the ride. And that fucking pop, you know, when that glass breaks, I was like, yeah, the hero was here. To help and like, just the place becomes unglued. Stone Cold comes down. I think like he almost like he like he does like a lariat like on the runway. He almost like throws himself and in somersaults into the. I think it was Midian or whatever, you know.
0: Oh and yeah, he, his, he was going downwards. Yeah, he and down in his, head, head and his mouth. <laughs>
2: yeah, just boom, and you they all just right. kind of collided to each other. uh I think Farouk gets a chair shot to the head in that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a wild time. Uh, and then of course you have, you have JR, uh, you know, voice of generation, JR, good old Jim Ross. And, and, and funny enough, uh, Lawler is not there that night. You know, who's doing commentary that night? Jim Cornette of all people. Hell yeah. You know, and he's, he's the one that does the line, you know. He didn't do it for the love of Vince McMahon. He did it because it's the right thing to do. You know, yeah, anti hero Austin. But in this case, he's, he's, that's how you have a white meat baby face. He did yeah. it because it's the right thing to do. And so you have, you have commentary playing along with the story. You have Undertaker there. You have Paul Bear. You have Stephanie screaming. There's like basically, it's almost like a marriage ceremony. It's fucking psychotic. Like well, it com-
0: was, it was a marriage. He, he was marrying her.
2: Yeah, he was trying to marry her. Yeah. So you have like, and then the best part is they don't even ask for her for It's like some psychotic ceremony where you don't even need her permission. Basically, it's only Undertaker who gets to go. I do. Yeah. Uh, Sounds
0: yeah, familiar. Sounds familiar. It's perfect. Uh, there's like hair idea. shots.
2: There's a bat, baseball bat that gets involved. You have you have good old Viscera taking like I think Viscera gets like dumped on his back or something. It's a it's a good old time. Uh, you know, one of those like just classic air attitude era. You know, segments. And then, of course, it makes you want to see the match. You want to see Stone Cold beat the fuck out of Undertaker, which, again, is the whole point. Are they selling tickets? Does this promo segment help sell tickets? You know, back before contract signings and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how do you how do you sell a match? How do you it's all you know, this is storytelling, but it's ultimately a commercial for Undertaker Stone Cold. You want to see it. You know, Yo, Undertaker stole Stephanie. You want to see Stone Cold do it. So to me, it's storytelling mixed with the match. It's it's everything working into one. It's, it's drama. It's climax. You're on the edge of your seat. And yes, maybe it's a little bit like, oh, we were kids or whatever. Remember things better than they are. But no, it's it. It kept you on the edge of your seat. My my the hairs on my arm. And I got a lot of hairs. You guys on my arm. The hairs <laughs> on my arm still like stand up whenever I hear that glass break. You know, it's it's one of the one of the best reactions in wrestling is, is the stone cold glass breaking.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's so iconic.
1: Yeah. What a moment too. again, in time, I I just always, you know, instantly go to where we were, you know, when we're talking about these moments, it's like, where was I, where was wrestling, you know? And for me personally, the, you know, corporate ministry kind of undertaker was me personally, my favorite, (laughs) you know, just that, that just, gritty you know like you said more cult leader uh i'm a big faction guy you know yes. it was a hard faction um you know it they mud they muddy it up towards the end you know you can nwo you know silver it you know what i mean like you can always go too far <laughs> um, but hey everything has to fizzle out somehow but uh yeah just that cruci the the crucifying and like just the the moment in time, like you know, we're in the '90s. Like, what are we doing? How far can we take this? You know, that, and
2: like, how where can we push it? You no, know, and stay tuned next week. There was a thing like it was so episodic and storytelling. Like, you didn't know what was going to happen week to week. There was no, hey, this week, you know, Undertaker's gonna Undertaker's face- gonna goodnight Stephanie. Like, <laughs> <We're Dan laughs> you don't know. What do to
0: the Undertaker. <laughs>
2: there were no match previews. There was no like, oh, hey, they're they're taping a thing beforehand. Like, no, you don't know what's gonna happen. You tune in like it was an episode of breaking bad. That's I, you know, you want to talk about Xavier where you were, but I remember like, just being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go upstairs. Cause my parents had the downstairs TV. They, they were like, whatever, you can watch what you want, but you get, we don't, we're not going to give you the big TV. So i go upstairs.
0: You watch the, what you want, but in the other room, in the other yeah. room,
2: <laughs> and it, was like, it was like a smaller TV. Yeah. I, I like remember you. like, I remember coming home from school and like, yeah, I got, Oh man, I, what's going to happen. Are going to fight each other? What happened to Stephanie? Ah. And so I just ah. remember going, like it takes me back when I watch it even now on my laptop, it takes me back to being in that in that uh, you know, rumpus room uh rec center with the little TV and it and watching Raw every every uh Monday night, you know, on USA. I remember and and again also there was I remember when Raw would end and it would go straight to silk stocking. So like I feel like a lot of <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> You remember and, the, that soaked stockings theme because it'd be right after Raw, you know, so, yeah.
0: with the whoops, like Sable's music with the little whip, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I'll
0: yeah. never forget that, yeah. The corporate ministry was something else, man. Um, I think I feel like I like the ministry and the corporation a little bit better separately. Uh, sure. but they were so strong when they came together, though. It was pretty epic, it was really fun. And then they had the brood was part of it too. I feel like they didn't really know what to do with the brood too much at the time, maybe. Um, yeah, but, the brood
2: was getting over quickly, so I think. To, but to me, they they made it a good story because it wasn't. It was something where like they tortured Christian and Christian gave up some info, and then they were able to. Well, then they're like, well, you failed, Christian. But then Edge and Wall was like, no, we're still going to be with Christian. Then you got the feud with Brood versus the the ministry members. So to me, it's like, yeah, they broke off pretty
0: quickly, but they did break off pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, but it,
2: it made sense. And again, like Edge and Christian, certainly they they rose above it and they they became you know over in their own right. So to me, it was it was only natural. No, no faction is going to stick around, but but it's that thing of like, it, to me, it felt organic. It, it felt part of the storyline that they broke off the way they broke off. Certainly, you know, no faction can stay together forever, and certainly the ministry was already crowded enough. You already had you had acolytes, you had uh, you had uh Midian. Midian, you had Visor. You don't really? need seventeen people on. That. And yeah. then, that, then, and then, then, and it then really I mean, is like NWO. And think, know, I mean, everybody's got yeah, racial it makes Makes
0: it even bigger. You know, you have the Ken Shamrock and the Big boss man and Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon. Yeah. So I. Well, then, like... then there was also
2: remember the Union where it was Dude, like, oh the, yeah. The disc- the pissed cute. off corporate memories
0: yeah <laughs> they had four
1: they would hold
2: our reunion we got two by fours
1: <laughs> two by fours oh my gosh I remember that wasn't the biggest fan
0: like, the, <laughs> uh, the union's acronym was up yours yeah I forgot what it stood for but it was up yours that was up great gosh. hell yeah what you got for us uh Xavier
1: Muddy Waters let's see uh, <laughs> I have to go, I have to go with uh, the festival of friendship.
0: Yeah,
2: that's you a know. good modern era. That's a really good modern era.
1: I want to. I want to do a callback. So I was there live. Oh, yes, sir. I was live in attendance for this, um, and you know, I don't know if you guys have been to T-Mobile Center or any of our listeners, but it's it's a fairly like not tiny, but it's super like i don't know i don't know how to explain it but it's it's because it's not small right but just the way it's built it's super compact super compact like doesn't matter where you are like it's just up close and yeah absolutely so you know our vantage point was awesome you know hard cam like whatever um but you know just that story jericho you know another callback just a masterful performer uh owens you know the two of them together the chemistry that they uh that they you know had was just stone cold. It was concrete. It was it was rock solid. You know all the, all of the puns above, but um, now just the storytelling, the moment, uh, the way they draw the crowd in, the emotion aspect. It was just great. It was great storytelling. I love Las Vegas. Uh, you know it it hits me in all the all the right places. So great moment. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but uh, from my vantage point, it was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember like, you know, I've 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 listened to like especially with Spotify, now I got Spotify Premium. So I've been listening to old Talk is Jericho episodes. And hell so yeah, hell with yeah. Owens and Jericho, and they talk about they had to go through so many creative hoops and so many bad like Jericho got into like a screaming match with Triple H over how he wanted that segment to go, you know, like Damn. He, he was very particular because if you remember that segment, you know, it's like because you know, for weeks they had been teasing the breakup, and you were like, When is it going to happen? When is because you yep, know yep. it's going to happen, but how is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? That was the key. So, just like during the segment, and you know, keep mind, there were so many parts to that segment. You had, you was in Vegas, you had like the whole David Lee Rock, no. yeah, of Jericho, okay. <laughs> the, the and then you know, Owens is fighting Goldberg So, you know, who comes out? Gilbert. We got a little throwback to oh, the act, yeah, oh, that's dude. Right. <laughs> But then, like the way that moment plays out, where like he gives him the list, and it's the list of which, by the way, there's a there's a they were going through production on the different lists. The initial production designer made the list of KO, and they put the KO like in cursive. And Kevin Owens goes, "No one's gonna be able to see the KO. It's gonna look too cursive. You need my block letters on there." So then Kevin Owens starts yelling at the production guy because it's literally like an hour before showtime. Like, no, we need to get these block letters on there. So just the creative. You know, not to pull the curtain back a little bit and see how the sausage is made, but so many like just levels and elements and variables to this creative. But, but then again, to me, it's great the way it played out. It wasn't just another like, oh, gonna turn on you. Like, no, it's it all. It, you know, Jericho said it was like a horror movie. Like he's looking at like, oh, why is my name on this? And then you hear the yeah. mic drop off camera, not in camera. It's off camera. It's like a horror movie, and then it's all of a sudden just, wow! Like it's, and again, Kevin played his part perfectly you Uh know i know jericho has said like that's some of the best stuff of his career and and to me it makes sense for sure you know it was such a you know the guy who's been able to reinvigorate himself so many times you know and he's doing so much great stuff now who knew what was going to become of jericho who knew like at that time if you told jericho oh, you're gonna be headlining tokyo dome like in in like you know a few months or whatever like but to me this is like part of the rebirth of jericho you know the, the, the 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 kevin owens sort of tag team. I don't know what their what were their tag team called. It wasn't like Jared Owens or whatever. It was just Kevin Owens, Jericho. But yeah, just
0: I great. think they were like the best friends or something, weren't they? were they like
2: Oh the, the best yeah. friends, yeah. Like this is my best friend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They were doing I don't know if they were called the best friends, but yeah, they were doing some kind <laughs> of friend gimmick. Friend gimmick, yeah.
2: No, it was just
1: Jericho A Jericho. I don't know. Jerry I really K-O. don't know. Well I know
2: I know when Big Show and Jericho were thing, then
0: there were Jericho show. And there was Jarrah Y2 show. you remember Y2 AJ?
1: Why Y2, I do, I AJ. remember that. I so wanted a short-lived. shirt so
0: bad because I knew why two AJ would be short-lived. And I was like, I gotta get a shirt. Get Bluff. that shirt before it's gone, baby. Yeah. And again, yeah. talk
2: about like Jericho for a long time was that like when a when a new superstar debuted, you know, there's a story about Fandango, like Vince wanted Jericho to put him over. It's that thing of if you're a new superstar, Jericho was the technician We're, okay, let's see if you can work with Jericho, you can work with, you know, anybody. And so the you know, he got put in that position. You know, he was, he was the one who, or like when a celebrity would come in, you know, remember those weeks yeah, where Raw so yeah, you know, would have been so Yeah. You have to mention those ratings, grab. But to me, like so many great moments came out of that. You had you had the prices raw, or like Bob that. I love your that. Angel, you know. So like, but you know who was the one dealing with all the celebrities at the time? It would be Jericho. Jericho would be like their standard heel. Hey, we need a heel to go over on this. There's, I think there's the moment with Shack where Jericho's like. Well, if you told me a world champion would be here, we thought it would be Kobe Bryant just right to Shaq's face, giving him and he actually looks menacing. Like Shaq's a big guy, but Jericho's able to like stand toe to toe with Shaq, Shaq, even with the height difference. So, again,
1: you know, he's in the
2: last few years, he's moved up. He's in my top 6 of all time. You know, if I I can't do a Mount Rushmore of just four, but I've been able to narrow it down to a top 6, and Jericho's up there just for the constant reinvention, the constant promos. Just the way he's the way he's able to put people over and see, you know, a new talent. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna work with that guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna make him look like a million bucks and we're gonna do some great business together. He's he's one of the goats.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he is absolutely. And then, like you know, you basically like Ricky Steamboat back, right? Who would you put him with, Jericho? Jericho, yeah, 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 definitely. Good times, good times. That was really fun. To, that was a good time for Jericho. That was one of his like rebirths. You know, he's done. He's gone through several. He's like a butterfly. You know, he mm-hmm. just like reemerges and he's just better than ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a really, it was really like an older guy uh, trying to put Kevin Owens over and kind of making exactly. it like, as a, as a star.
2: Cement him as a main event player.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. They're beefing over the U.S. title, but I do think that cemented Kevin Owens as a, as a main eventer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and let me just put a bow on this one. The the true tragedy, right, is that like we never got this match like for what it should have been like on Mania, you know, Jericho Owens. So I think that sucks. Oh, but speaking of that, know. let
0: me put a bow on the bow. Uh, I heard Jericho (laughs) in an interview, and he said that, you know, there's a few sweet spots in WrestleMania, you know, the beginning, the middle, the end, basically, right? Yeah. This match was second on WrestleMania. It was. And Jericho was pissed. And Jericho said when he was the second match at WrestleMania, that the writing was on the wall, and he knew he was leaving.
1: Yep.
2: So... Because originally the plan was it was going to be Owens and Jericho for the title, and Jericho was actually going to go over, and then he would have. He was like, "I don't mind dropping into Lesnar the next month." No, but like he would have been one of the main eventers, you know. And that, that easily that was the biggest storyline of the year that year. There was it no was. Reason. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it was, and then just yeah. be a second forgotten about match really on WrestleMania. Yeah. I you almost know. forgot that even until Xavier said WrestleMania that was on a WrestleMania match or a WrestleMania whatever.
2: That yeah. was a, that was a very overloaded card that year. I remember that was actually one of the few WrestleManias I saw, like back to fr- front to back, the entire Mania, like live, uh, on pay per view. I remember I paid for the pay per view that year just because I was like, yeah, I got to see it. That was the one where Undertaker had his, uh, allegedly final match. Like we thought he was going to be done that year. That was the, uh, Oof. And then you and then you watch Last Ride and you see how he beat himself up over that
0: match. For I have to. See, I haven't watched that yet. I, I really it.
2: encourage everybody go back and watch Last Ride. Uh, they basically cover. You know, it actually starts from the beginning of him flying in for that uh, that
1: Mania. Yeah, in, I in that. your
2: in your hometown, good old Atlanta, uh, Orlando. Excuse me, not Atlanta. <laughs> Orlando, 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 Florida, orla- at Orlando, Real <laughs> Housewives of Orlando, <laughs> Orlando, Florida. <laughs>
0: All, All right. So uh for the next match, for the next moment, uh, I'm gonna go with this moment. So WrestleMania 14 was a big time in professional wrestling. It was when Shawn Michaels had his big injury. Uh he dropped the title to Austin when Mike Tyson came in. The Mike Tyson things is it's a whole like that's a moment of its own. I'm not even gonna go there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. But uh post Mike Tyson, so Shawn Michaels drops the ball to Steve Austin, he, he splits, he leaves town, he goes on his back injury hiatus. The next day, I did not see Raw. But what I missed was Triple H comes out, and he says that he had to look to his friends. He had to look to the clique. He brought back X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws, and he created a new DX. And that was a huge turning point in wrestling for me. I love that new DX. And, you know, because DX was great at the beginning, but the second era of DX was just even better, I feel like. It was just more chaotic, more fun. Uh, probably a little less raunchy i would imagine the you know less dick jokes or whatever because you know we're getting you know <laughs> mm-hmm. more to the uh parent teacher council days uh but it was a good time and after that moment i told myself i'm never gonna miss raw the day after wrestlemania again
2: i mean they say it's the biggest night of the biggest night of the year it's the raw after mania you know? yeah i learned that the hard like way after
0: 14 i missed it <laughs> 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 I've seen it since, but I've missed it. Live. No, no, no.
2: They, not that night. They say in general, like, yeah, they, yeah. Oh, maybe it's an advertising
0: thing. No, no they, they say oh, it now, but they didn't say that then. They I never know. said that then. No, yeah. And, yeah. So I, I remember I like that out the hard way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just remember, yeah, I remember like I remember the like, pro. I remember like I kind of started following wrestling like a little bit after. I remember like the promo for that mania because it was mike tyson and sean michaels you know and, and of course like the the cementing of white hot baby face austin uh in boston i believe that was at the fleet center uh that year that was also the famous mania main event where like undertaker waited in gorilla like if sean michaels didn't do business like he was gonna he was gonna like beat the fuck out of him like, yeah yeah that is you're right a lot of headaches back then and, and like they were still in steep competition you know with WCW Nitro you you had like you know that was the year because that was 98 if I believe that was also the year that was the famous bash at the beach uh, where you had Rodman and Carmel and you had all these mainstream eyes. Basically, you had a lot of mainstream eyes on wrestling at the time, kind of where we at, we are at right now. You yeah, Everybody was ninety eight, by the way. Sorry, you, know, that was so you had a lot of just every like you know celebrities getting involved, non wrestlers coming in. People were you know the teenagers were coming up. You had South Park on the air. You had every, all basically. If you're a thirteen year old boy, you had a lot of programming options back then <laughs> to watch. And
0: then, it, it you, was, real quick, you mentioned TV. Um, a lot of stuff was kind of geared towards angsty, I think, if that's a good way to say it. And yeah. that's kind of why Austin was so popular, because all the angsty American people kind of uh, resonated with him and just saw themselves in him, you know, attacking his boss and everything and, and anti-authority and whatever.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. And you're all riled up, anti-hero. You know, it's, you know, uh, you can live vicariously through that. You can relate with that character. You're drinking yeah. beer. You're pissed off at your boss. Stone Cold Stunner here. Stone Cold Stunner there. You know <laughs> what Paul I mean? you was really, you
0: like, angry and angsty at the time, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. You, had, you, were, you were frustrated at your teacher. You were frustrated at your boss. And the perfect timing of... You had Mr. McMahon, the heel, like still one of the best heels in wrestling ever, mainly because McMahon really is a heel. Huh? <laughs> he ain't playing a character. That's mostly just him. But yeah, you had this heel coming up. And then you had two white meat baby faces coming up, Brock and, and Austin. And Austin was just like, yeah, like anti authority, just the look, jeans, black vest, beer, middle finger, like it's everybody just loved the characters you had you had that mixed with mixed with man and again vince did a great job you know those those stunner stunner cells and the way he'd like be held back by shame like no i'm gonna catch you you're fine <laughs> like it, it was all these different like like characterizations thrown into it and it was it made for great tv and then you had this corporate stable so you had okay you had a you had these Heels that were right behind Austin, you, you're right behind McMahon, excuse me, you had all these heels right behind Austin, uh, right behind manan and then you could feed these heels to the face. So it was again, because you can't have a babe face without the right heels. So you know, you had everything kind of lined up, you had I mean, and there were so many heels in the corporation. First, it was like Shamrock, Big Boss Man, all of them, then you want to, and then you want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunner the Boss Man. I still remember because I remember old school Boss Man when he was a face and he comes back in the attitude era and he's like with the Kevlar and he's like, oh, he's an asshole now. Like, fuck.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, what's interesting, you said earlier how, you know, the Raw After Mania, you know, always a big deal. You know, now it's more well known, right? Um, but it, you know, to me, I I just kind of equate it to, to the returns, you know, the return element uh a debut you know whatever um something that comes to mind was when Brock Lesnar came back to Raw this was in Miami I was there too it was the (laughs) night after WrestleMania that was in Miami and the pop was just massive just absolutely are you talking about
0: 2012 yes wow when he came back came back
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So did braw,
2: he brawl with Cena that night or whatever. That's like the pull-up brawl. Oh yeah,
1: I think yeah, gave him a few F fives and just whew just insane, man.
0: I think he also debuted in two thousand two, the day after WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, the next the next big thing. Yeah, nutty. So that was a little side pocket, but I don't oh, know, yeah. dude. It just makes me think. I'm like, oh shit. You know.
2: No, yeah, the debuts have been great. I mean, again, most recently, you know, Cody's promo after this year's Mania, you know, he came yeah. back, he talked about wanting to win his, win the title, and he, you know, he kicked it off. It was not everybody thought Roman was going to be the big, kickoff. No, the the kickoff this year was was Cody, and he, he delivered this fantastic promo about, you know, wanting to win it for for Dusty because Dusty, you know, and then they show the image of where Dusty went on the count on, he had to give it back. So just, you know, again, wow. they're, they're they're doing great stuff. Who
0: was um, that against? Was that against Hogan? Or was it, it was against, yeah, like Bob like, Backlund Cody, or something. I wonder. It
2: might have. It might have been Backlund or Hogan, but it was at MSG. Um, you know, uh, which makes me think. Makes me, part of me thinks like if Cody, when he eventually wins it, maybe it should be in New York, Maybe it should be an MSG. You know. That'd
1: be cool. that'd be that'd, be that'd be ridiculous, but cool, like in a good way. Well, Hell
0: yeah! As long as it's not a defender dome, I guess I'll be happy. <laughs>
1: anywhere but there yeah i'm not up am i
0: i think critique i think because I, I just oh, yeah. did the okay, uh, the cool. raw germania
2: well so, uh we're uh trying we're to google s-
0: sorry i'm just trying to google uh that that fact you said about dusty roads so i can see who it was. you can see who, who the opponent
2: was yeah i want to know yeah feel free to interrupt us uh um you know xavier you were talking about vegas uh i'm gonna stick with the raw moment that's in vegas uh hell yeah it happened on a raw roulette, if you remember. Raw had a lot of uh, gimmick gimmicks back then. You know, they need they need some ratings, so they tried the roulette, wheel, which which is kind of interesting. You know, they had a couple. I remember they they there was one moment where it was just, well, this is not the moment I'm saying, but this is like one of the after effects of the raw roulette is it was a it was a trading places match where you had Goldust dressed as William Regal and William Regal dressed as Goldust. So they would do these little like you know like little gimmicky matches, or whatever. But it was. It was interesting cuz like where, when else are you going to see William Regal do his best gold dust impression it, you know yep. it, I think I, remember, it. I
0: vaguely remember that I think
2: but um the 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 moment I really have in mind is uh uh that night of raw roulette when uh you know a young uh, a young man uh formerly Phil Brooks uh now CM Punk uh, <laughs> decided to uh you know there was there was obviously a match going on at the time I think was, I think it was like what was it John Cena, or something. I don't remember uh, the exact uh, match that was going on at the time. But yeah, uh, basically, I'm referring to the Pipe ROM. uh, You know, CM Punk, uh, whose contract was coming up, was basically given carte blanche to just air your grievances out. And so he went out, sat on the stage in a stone cold Steve Austin t shirt. A lot of people don't remember.
0: But but he was asked about that later on, and he said it was the only t shirt that he had on hand because he threw his original t shirt to the crowd. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what he so said, funny cause they're like,
0: they're like, people like was it symbolic that you did that in a Steve Austin shirt and he's like no I just threw my CM Punk shirt in the crowd and it's all I had in my bag
1: <laughs> he could have grabbed another one from the he arena that's
2: what I'm saying oh, like, shit, dude. you know it's too. a little could've... I think he's he's playing us up a little you know yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the only one he happened to be yeah, around. that's all I had yeah. yeah, I carry it no around. Like how Michael Jordan carries North Carolina basketball shirts. I only carry a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. <laughs> my but yeah, just, you know, again, like it was a way to break the fourth wall that, you know, really hadn't been done, you know, in that way before it was, it's still a, it's still a seminal, to me, it's a sentimental moment for, for Raw. It's a moment, you know, it's kind of getting glossed over in history now because, People don't want to bring it up and everybody has opinions, but it's still, it's a moment. And, and it, and it really, you know, it was almost like, you know, some moments are the culmination of things. Whereas this is like a moment that started, you know, things like there's so many things came because of this. So many things. Yeah. picked off because of this. You it had
0: changed the WWE it
2: changed the game. And again, at a time when, you know, you look at that, what was that? The PG era, all oh, the Muppets are on raw. The three Stooges are showing up on raw, you know, you know what's happening with wrestling you know a lot of wrestling secrets have been revealed i think there was a fox wrestling secrets program that year where they showed how blading worked and also wrestling like the, the mystique of wrestling i think at that point it kind of you know waned down it was kind of watered down and so you had this moment that kind of blurred the lines it showed what wrestling could be captivated like again if you're Getting if you're getting like wrestling moments on like ESPN or Sports Illustrated, like something's going on. Like it's it's showing up on main. This was this was a moment that ended up on mainstream news in an era when you know wrestlers weren't really showing up on the news. So you had yeah, the pipe had, was on mainstream news. news. Yeah, it was showing up on like ESPN and Sports Illustrated. CM Punk got interviewed for Sports Illustrated because of it. Wow, CM Punk ended up on Mark Maron's podcast because of that. He did.
0: I gotta go back and find that. He
2: did. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think by that point, it was it was certainly not like right after it, but it was like you know in like that era. You know, it might have been might have been right after SummerSlam that
0: year. Oh my gosh! On a quick side note, though, if you ever get the chance, if you listen to the Mark Maron podcast. Uh years and years and years ago, probably like oh like I don't know, a lot of years ago, he interviewed Mitch Hedberg's widow, and it's incredible. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do
2: need to I remember. Yeah, there was like <laughs> a, it was like a story where he was like Mitch is like laying down at like a Zaney's and Vernon Hills. You know, Zany's is this you know, you know, chain club, but like they're great. They're out of Chicago and Nashville now, but they had a Vernon Hills location. There's a store where like, yeah, Mitch Hedberg had just, you know, he had a little bit too much of whatever he was <laughs>
0: I'm not gonna say what it was, yeah, my, he was on something and he was laying favorite.
2: down like on the floor of the like the club floor not in the green room on the like <laughs> on, like, on the
0: hell yeah man Fuck uh, it, i believe right. mark
2: man's doing a bunch of wrestling interviews lately so yeah oh gotta, wow i
0: gotta go find those
2: yeah you gotta go find those yeah so. uh but yeah no just so many things got kicked off because of that promo and you you also had the return of Heyman. People forget Heyman had left the company, wasn't really doing business with them anymore. And that pipe bomb, you know, Heyman had said openly, that pipe bomb kind of brought him back into the fold with with WWE. And just, just you know, so many things kicked off because that you had the and then and so many great exchanges came just from that program. You had the stuff with Cena, you had the moment in Chicago. One of the longest ovations before a match ever was that CM Punk in Chicago for Money in the Bank, you know.
1: Great match.
2: Again, still one of my favorite matches. I was not, I was not there for that. I wish I'd gone to that, Uh, but yeah, just you know, the little kiss at the end, you know, it's it's iconic.
1: Iconic. I have it on DVD. It was great.
2: It (laughs) was great.
0: So for me, the pipe bomb it changed my life because uh, at the time I was with uh, who my my current wife, my girlfriend at the time, I was with her for about a year and a half, and she really couldn't couldn't care less about wrestling you know, and then she, but it would be on and she'd be in the room, whatever she would hear, but she would just tune it out. Uh, the pipe bomb happened and I was like, hey, check this out. And that really like changed her complete view on it. Because, you know, he broke the third wall a little bit and she was able to just kind of see the theatrics of wrestling and really appreciate that. And now, you know, here we are, what, 12 years later and she is just a huge wrestling fan.
1: That's awesome.
2: That's great. One yeah. of many. Again. Isn't it great when like, you know, like people are like, I don't really like wrestling, but then they see something and like that one thing, it's just like that. It's okay, like, oh wow. But then
0: at the same time, when I was a teenager in the nineties, you know, my dad's friends would come over and I'd be watching Raw in the living room and they'd be like, Oh, he hit him with the steel crutch. And they're like, <laughs> My dad's friends would be like, Oh, steel crutch, come on. And I I'm like, I know, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like that's the thing. I remember, like, there was a period that, like, when I first started wrestling, where I would just watch it because my parents they would just pick like, whatever, just watch it. Or, like, I try to watch it, and like, I, I forget if it was my dad or something. who was just like, Yeah, that punch doesn't look real. He's just doing this. Or, or, or. Like, yeah. it's open handed. I was like, No, you're ruining it. Like, let me just, let me just, you know, put the blinders on and enjoy this. Right.
0: Thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying
2: to enjoy yeah. the performance of it. So yeah. I feel like, like the first year and a half, I was just in an empty bedroom watching it by myself. Like, oh, <laughs> I didn't really have like that fan experience until like
0: like how people like experience like uh, duty movies or whatever he's in his room. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, like that. <laughs> his mom catches him. What are you watching in here? Oh, wrestling. Okay. <laughs> they would.
2: I mean, so if they would catch me watching it, they'd be like, "Okay, did you do your homework?" I'm like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." Like that all was a right, big yeah. thing in my house. <laughs> you can do your you can watch whatever you want. So, like they never really outlawed me from watching anything, but
0: homework comes first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I feel like homework. I feel like you know because you know. In our, in our era, in our generation or whatever, yeah. I feel like it, TV wasn't as detrimental to, to people's mental health. You know, I feel like when we were kids, we were able to separate reality from fantasy, which is like a different thing nowadays, I guess, whatever, you know, but I feel like when we were that age, it was a little bit different. I will say, though,
2: I would try to, like, do wrestling moves on my sister's
0: Yeah, I mean, that too, of course. Not on my sister.
2: I didn't really do anything to her, but I would do it to her stuffed animals. I would do things to the stuffed animals.
0: <laughs> I would do things to the stuffed animals. My little cousin, he was he's way younger than me. He was, like, 14 years younger than me. Um, he had a teddy bear that at one point was, like, the same size as him. And so he <laughs> used to always wrestle that and everything. Nice. Yeah. Tough Bear. Shout out to Tough Bear. His name was Tough Bear. Tough
1: to Bear, but- bear. What a gimmick.
0: <laughs> Sometimes put it Tough on Bear would t-shirt. win too. Sometimes my cousin would put Tough Bear over and he won the title. Oh nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that you can't have local title range if you don't lose the belt every now and then, right? And right. now
2: the local competitor, Tough Bear. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> He's the same guy, the kid who I told you would make his sister in the game and just put the controller down and just beat him up.
1: Oh, same guy. Yeah, same yeah. kid. Tough Bear. Tough Bear. That's a tough. Oh, yeah. bear. The bear. <laughs>
0: All right. Where are we now? Um, I think Xavier.
1: Yeah. Ball's in my court. So oh, yeah. I'm going to switch it up yet again. I'm going to go with a match. So I'm definitely a ladder match guy. Um, You know, I'd like to believe back in, you know, this is 2002. I'm going to, so I'm not sure, you know, I think they were happening around SmackDown, you know, it's mainly a pay-per-view match um, in my opinion but this match was a pay-per-view caliber match it was the undertaker versus jeff hardy mm-hmm. for the undisputed championship um pivotal time again i feel like you know wwe storylines interest all of that was definitely on the decline but um you know this is a perfect example of talent who were carrying um you know the brand the title that main event picture the moment the moment for jeff hardy the you know the rise you know, no pun intended, you're climbing a ladder, but, you know, that rise to kind of prominence in the main event level. So um, I just remember being a kid watching this, you know, great match. You really felt for Hardy, you know, uh, the heel work, the baby face work. It was just all there. You know, the spots were great. Taker did his thing. Man, another example of a soldier. Get in there, get it, you know, get the job done, sell it, go home.
2: Put the younger talent over. Match. Taker always did business, exactly.
0: Yeah, this yeah. was definitely, uh, like, Jeff Hardy was really cool. He was on the rise. But this match really put Jeff Hardy <coughs> on the next level. Yeah, absolutely.
2: It was yeah. the next step for his single sort of career. He needed that at that time. And good for Taker for doing business. Uh, and then
0: I, I think I remember a quote of Jim Ross just screaming, Climb the ladder, kid. Make Make yourself famous. Make yourself famous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Again like you know Jim Jim would react to things like he was a fan I think that's what really people loved about his commentary is this you you were thinking it and he was saying
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: sometimes he was screaming it <laughs> but yeah my <By> god my <laughs> god he's broken yeah. it half he was the, I feel like Jim Ross did really contribute a lot to to the visuals you know like yep. what we saw his commentary really contributed a lot to it even Jerry cuz Jerry was really funny too the king yeah, really, really good yeah, like... <laughs>
2: there, there's a couple ones with Jerry, like, yes, everybody remembers like, oh, he was just salivating over women. Huh, 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 huh. But like he did he did a lot more than that. There'd be times like when somebody would return or somebody would pop and he'd he'd do that, like, what? Like he'd almost like gasp. Like, he would yeah. shriek. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like when Kane when Kane's music would hit like the fire did he go, ah! Like he'd actually he'd jump out of his seat for the flame. So again, he was he was a good again, it was a good pairing. Lawler mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Heyman and uh Ross or some of the other Jim Ross pairings or whatever. Well, Heyman like,
0: was very short lived too, short lived, yeah. I mean, CM, something... po- CM Punk was great commentary too, but that was pretty short lived as well. Oh,
2: yeah, no,
1: yeah, um, I remember that.
2: But there's something classic about to me, it's always you know, when I think of classic commentary pairings, it's going to be for me, it's going to be Lawler and and Jim Ross, they they work great Absolutely. off each other. Lawler, Lawler doing the color, like the perfect amount of heel, you know, he was right, right back and forth in in terms of heel and heel and face commentary. Um, And again, like they, you know, I was, I was not really around for Monsoon and Heenan, you know, but like, to me it was more just
0: great. It was great.
2: I I do regret not getting to hear that, you know, in my childhood, you know, but it is, it's just that thing of like the voice of your
0: childhood. And I still say Bobby Heenan's best night on commentary is Rumble 92. Cause Flair is his guy, and he was going for Flair the whole night. And he was on the edge of his seat. It was Bobby Heenan was on that night.
1: Hell yeah, Bobby Heenan was great. Yeah. And a, a quick, you know, to touch base on, you know, Jim Ross and his, you know, his, his quirky, uh, you know, responses. Those become synonymous with the moment. So, for example, when Absolutely. you know Hell in the Cell got, you know, by God, he's broken in half. When you hear that, you see in your head. Un, you know, mankind, you know, falling off the cell. So that's another cool thing about about Jim Ross, you know, like those moments become synonymous with you know what he's saying. So he's just says people cool recite
0: group. those those lines to him to this day. To this day. People go to him and be like yeah. my guy is broken in half. Oh that god, I would. signed
2: that a million
0: times. He's probably oh, got couple yeah. tunnels just
2: writing that
0: moment, you know. <laughs> yeah. JR. Good times, man. Monday Night Raw, we've seen a lot of things. There's so many moments that I've wrote down that, you know, we don't even have time to cover, but, like, it's just – it's been a lot of fun the last 30 years, and I guess uh, we'll see. It could be 30 more, or they could sell to the Saudis and shut down tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a view. Like, hey,
2: we're being on sentimental. Oh, they could be in the Saudis tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, Tune in uh, next week. We'll let you
2: know. Uh, we'll let you know.
0: Uh, as an honorable mention, though, I do want to kind of uh, talk about the the tribute shows, the Owen Hart tribute show. And the Eddie Guerrero tribute show, because those were those were bittersweet, because they were good moments, they were good times, they were a lot of good memories, but they were, you know, the reason for them was pretty terrible. Uh, but I feel like, you know, the WWE stepped up, and they had really good tribute shows, and they honored those people very well.
2: They did. They honored, you know, especially, you know, in both those moments, it was just, you know, you're literally rewriting a show day off.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: So you're already, you're grieving, you're emotional, and then you have to also go out there and do something for the fans, you know. And it's, they stand the test of time. Those two, those two shows, they're great shows. I I still remember. Yeah. I think another moment for me, um, obviously edge has since come back, but I remember that speech he gave when he had to announce his, uh, you know, initial initial retirement. Like you could, you could hear the voice breaking. You could, you could feel it in his heart. You know, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want his journey to come to an end. And to me, it almost sticks with me more because he's since come back. He was able to, you know, you know, show people that, Hey, you know, it ain't over until it's over, you know? So that speech still holds a special place. I just remember like you felt in that moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> An honorable mention for me would be, uh, again, I'm on a Kurt Angle kick, uh steel cage match, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit,
0: you know, great, war.
1: Yeah. Right, June eleventh, two thousand one. Uh, again, I distinctly remember the time, the place, you know, the moment, uh, the program between these two. Just incredible work, incredible chemistry, insane spots, the moon salts, just fabulous. You know, I, I just kind of thought about it in my head. I was like, oh shit, just an incredible match.
2: There's so many, yeah, cage yeah, yeah. You don't see, and you didn't see at that point. You didn't see a ton of cage matches on Raw. Mostly those would be t- uh, pay per
1: view. Yeah, so it was very worked. sparingly. So it was
2: a special
0: one. I got to see a cage match live on Raw. I don't remember who it was. It was Chris Jericho, though.
1: Ooh, I've that. seen a. I don't know. If I've seen a cage match live. I think I have. I've seen Hell in a Cell live a few times.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, pretty killer. So so though, you know, like it's <laughs> it's it's hit or miss. But no, it's, it was cool. It was pretty cool.
0: Oh, you know what match I saw live that was epic as fuck was uh RVD Jeff Hardy and the ladder match for the Hardcore Title at uh, Invasion SummerSlam oh
1: geez that match was yeah. good too on invasion but damn that match was good too one.
0: yeah it was dope dude because uh we were on the, on the balcony but we were like on the first row of the balcony oh, so geez. we had like really good seats yeah i'll never forget that was one of the best nights of my life being a wrestling fan
1: great time i was at armageddon 2000 it was Shawn michael's oh, triple you H. That? yeah wow. dude, my dad took me it was so sick yes that's <laughs>
0: where was that was in kill. florida
1: yeah, that was in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, wow, oh, killer fucking pay per view. It was either two thousand or two. Yeah, two thousand.
0: Was it the it was the like uh, one with Rikishi, Rikishi, Rikishi going off to onto Rikishi the truck?
1: Oh, 3- no, no, that was no. two thousand. That was two thousand. Fuck, it might have been nine. I don't know, dude. Ninety nine. Like, I got. What was, was the card? It was headlined by Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Three Stages of Hell, um, Big Show versus I think that's like Kurt 0-1, Angle. I think that might have been 0-1 or O two. Yeah.
0: Oh two after Sean came back. Let's see. Yeah,
2: because Sean came back in two thousand Summer Slam two thousand
1: two, right? If I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So that was probably Arbor get in O two.
1: Probably. Yeah, because it was Eddie Benoit. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 2002. I should go back and
0: watch that. That sounds like a slept on show. I should go back and watch that one. The great
1: fucking pay per view, man. Batista Kane, I think. Great pay per view. <laughs>
0: They probably both choked on each other at the same time, too.
1: <laughs> Something like it. All Let's right, you guys. Bomb. So,
0: uh, yeah, but it raw 30 years. It's pretty dope. It's pretty exciting. Happy birthday, Raw.
1: Happy,
2: Happy birthday, birthday, Raw.
1: <laughs> that's gonna, that's Shout gonna out to game. the
2: silk stocking themes. Shout out to Ico Pro. All the classic commercials. <laughs>
1: La Femme Nikita comes to mind La too. La Femme Nikita. Sure.
2: Yeah, Tune in
1: La Femme Nikita starting at, you know, whatever.
2: Remember what those, remember. like, uh the, like the the com- they have to do, like, copy for commercials and it'd be like the JVC Kaboom Box.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: Or <laughs> Chef Borardi, like, stuff beefaroni. And then it would be like mankind doing, like, yeah, I love me.
0: Bro. The best all of mankind.
2: Again, all part of the moments, you know, like the commercials too. You remember everything about it.
0: Yeah, there's so many iconic matches too. Like you know, Xavier brought up a couple of good matches and just yeah, good times. Good times. Uh that moment where Shawn Michaels super kicked Shelton Benjamin out of the air.
1: <laughs> oh, insanity. Shelton Benjamin Benjamin, glad he's getting his flowers. He yeah. deserves all the flowers. He deserves yeah, he's, them. He's a machine. He
0: Hopefully the Hurt business. Maybe they'll come back on Monday. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. It's all it looks like they're going to, so Oh, yeah. You guys want to uh, plug social media and let's get out of here?
2: Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Prithik Comedy on Instagram. Uh, PritheeComedy.com is my website. I am coming uh, down for Royal Rumble weekend. We're doing some shows. Blind Tiger uh, on Friday the 27th. There's an 8 p.m. show and there's a midnight show. Uh, so, yeah, if you're in town for the Royal Rumble and you want a little uh, entertainment, some laughs, the night before, uh, check us out in San Antonio. And let's get some barbecue, too. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. rest of my dates are on my website. So come find me, guys.
1: Oh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram, at Lord Xavier. Find me on Twitter, at Xavier Venom. Smash the link tree. Listen to this podcast. Listen to my music. Pick up some merch if you want. Speaking of merch, February 4th, my band Leveled will be playing in Margate, Florida, at O'Malley's, with Werewolves, Royal Hearts, Vitalis, and Lexrum Tickets are my link tree.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You can find me at Funky San Medina. Uh, I have a bunch of whatever going on. Just, just follow all that there. I got a fun show tonight, but you're not going to make it to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can go back hell in yeah. time. Hell, it, yeah. Dude. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah. um, everything else is at Hypothetical me, So, hell yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hell yeah. Thank you. Happy, Happy, right raw, everybody. Happy 30 years. Hell yeah. Happy 30 years. Bye.